19th pick, the Giants select Luke Pettigrew, tackle Notre Dame. Welcome to the Father Stage. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. A quick reminder that the Father Stage is now on Locals.com. So click the link in the description to support our work, folks, and thank you in advance. I have with me Luke Pettigrew. He's a former NFL player who played for the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and for Notre Dame in college. Luke, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jesse. Great to see you. Yeah, and so did I pronounce your name right, your last name? Perfect. I mean, uh, I've been called many things, and you did it. I think you called it the best ever. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. And so, Luke, you you played ball at one time, and now you're retired. Uh, How old were you when you first started to play football? I started playing organized football nine years old at Pop Warner. Nine years old? That's amazing. And um, and how did you have a successful career? Uh, yeah, it was a, I played, you know, from nine until I played Pop Warner for two years. Then went to junior high. Um, I was a bigger kid, so I was a bit of a late bloomer, which is actually beneficial for, you know, uh, continuation into the professional sports. Uh, so it took me a while to acclimate, but once I did, then, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, is what it was whatever I wanted it to be. Right on. And when you were, when you retired, what year did you retire? Well, my last year was 2000. My last game was in 2007. I always say I never retired. I got fired. <laughs> uh, due to injuries, and oh. uh, yeah, that's what happens. Uh, you know, you play, you play nine years of relatively, well, re- nine years surgery free. Uh, you always have injuries. Uh, you're always hurt. But uh, nine years of uh, eight years of, of no surgeries, and then my ninth year, I had to, I had to get two surgeries. Amazing. That was it. And was it difficult for you mentally and emotionally to retire? due to injury and not because you were ready? Uh, Yeah, it definitely takes an adjustment because you are uh, with your team. That's your identity. Uh, You have that. That is your purpose. Um, You know, that's what you are constructed to do, if you will. It's not a a normal uh, progression in life to go out there and do that every, you know, week in, week out, year in, year out. So, Mentally, you you acclimate, and then um, at the end, uh, there's you know the deceleration, the de-escalation process is what you need to figure out. You are, and you say you got a sense, of, you got your identity from football, from playing football, and 
And you just felt that it was a part of you. You had nothing else but that. Well, that was my, that was my source of income. That was my craft. Okay. It's like a surgeon who gets his hand cut off. What's he going to do? Operate with his teeth. Uh, You know, so it's the same thing because there's no, you know, I mean, football players, the the window is very, it opens and closes whenever it wants to, you know, it's up to, you got to be healthy, lucky, the harder you work, the luckier you are, but staying injury free is the key uh, in, in football. And, uh, you know, dealing with that, it's, 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 it's changed now. Uh, I think there's a better process of guys that once they're done, you know, they're, they have resources and uh, they offered those resources somewhat to us as well. But with the new CBA came into effect, I think after the 2010 season, you know, they really took, you know, with the concussion issues and things like that, guys started killing themselves, like Junior Seau and Dave Dewerson. Um, so they had to start paying attention. Obviously, they got a trillion-dollar fund set up for guys with head trauma and brain injuries. And so they did their, their CYA, if you will. Um, and obviously, the movie Concussion put a lot of uh, light on Oh. the rigors of football. So, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you're, you're basically, uh, you know, you're a piece of a machine. Yeah. When, um, w- what type of, uh, trauma did you have? Uh, I mean, it's the whole body, you know, it's multiple concussions, uh, you know, arth- uh, arthritis, anything orthopedic, knee, broken leg, broken fingers, Broken ankles, broken wrists, shoulder joints. Um, wow. I blew out my blew out my back. Uh, uh, Two thousand three needed surgery, but I I played with that from three, four, five, six, and then finally in seven. That's what you know really put me down because uh, I knew once I knew once I I knew once I got back surgery, I wasn't never going to play again. And so I just played with it, got up in durals and things like that, and uh, sucked it up. But you know, nobody. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like it's hot behind the scenes at your show. Yeah. A lot goes on that people don't know about. Right. And it's the same way with every, every entertainment business. I can imagine that. So I was, th- when I was reading your story here, I was thinking about when men go to the military and they get out, they have the military hospital services thing. Mm-hmm. But when players play sports, they make a lot of money. They make buku money. Why don't they prepare themselves? For things like this, when they, if they have to leave or or retire, why don't they use some of that money to have private care? Because private care is always better than public care. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely we have when we are done. But okay, there's two two sides of that. Okay, when you're playing football, you don't complain, you don't explain. Okay, so you need surgery. Things are very structured and very uh, laid out for you. As long as you follow that plan, then you will succeed. Once you're done, you don't you leave your cut. They they send you your stuff in a in a box and drop it off in a, on a driveway. <laughs> so you say, have a nice day, and then <laughs> you're supposed to find a doctor to help you out. It's like, and no doctor living down the street from my house is going to have any clue of what I've been oh. through the last you know nine years of my life. Yeah. And so, you know, it's modern medicine is, 
you know, it's a big, one big uh, circle, if you will, closed circuit. So, yeah, I mean, you just, it's, 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 they have things now that are, that are better ways. They have a dedicated hospital system in each city with a stadium and a certain radius that you can access. But, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things. I mean, a lot of guys are self-reliant, self-dependent. Um, and when you're playing, you don't think about, it's just like in the military. Yeah. When you're in battle, you don't think about anything but success. And when you're playing football, you only think about performance and winning and, and getting to the next game. Right. Do football players have like their own private medical insurance? We have uh, provi- provided the new the new guys get fifteen years. My generation got five years after you're done, uh-huh. so you get five years of insurance, and then you, then you're on your own. The new guys get fifteen years. Um, I think they're going to try and move to a lifetime eventually, but I don't. The, getting it retroactive. Or guys, you know, even before me and further on back, you know, you don't need five, you don't need insurance paid for when you get out of the NFL. You can pay for it yourself. Right. You're not going to use it that much. Yeah. You need it, you know, 55, 60. That's when you need it. Yeah. And that's when it's not available. Guys don't know that. They didn't figure that out right out of the gate. Amazing. You are, so your body, are you still like sore and you can't freely move about? I mean, I'm limited in what I do as, uh, as compared to what I used to do. Uh, can't go into the gym and start squatting 315 pounds or, right. um, because you got to be able to live. You know, you're not getting paid to be in pain like you used to be. So, you know, you've got to just, it's a conscious thing. Um, aside from, you know, mental, uh, physical, uh, just seeing, there's a whole host of things that when you look at football now as a former player, you see what's going on today, how much they make, yeah. you know, compared to, you know, so it's a whole, it's quite a uh, conundrum, if you will. Yeah. No, they make buku now. You, oh, yeah. you are, so like, you know how when you're dating and you break up with the woman, you feel like you lost your soul. Like, God is gone, right? You're depressed. You feel lonely. Is that the same feeling when you had to end football? You want to commit suicide and all that? Is that the same kind of feeling you get? Yeah, I mean, it's abandonment. You know, when you get abandoned, basically. Um, You know, you have, I had a, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have uh, three, three children. And my goal was always to get, you know, do the best I can, make the most I can finish and then be home and, you know, raise my children or our our children. But, um, so once you get healed up, once you kind of get back, you know, into society and, you know, you're never going to be a civilian because you just don't think like civilians. I mean, just in general, uh, you have a sense of urgency. You have a, a way of doing things that are, you know, detailed and just very, structured like you said like uh, in the military sense um but yeah you lose that you have to find you're never going to replace that passion or that 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 fire that you felt from playing football and so you you look for ways to compensate that and at the same time depending on your financial situation or what's going on in your life you know it's a just like everybody it's, it's life yeah do you get suicidal thoughts? 
Um, me personally, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think that's, um, you know, just from playing football, you don't, you know, you're going through a lot there. And so when you look at the guy next to you and you say, you know, I'm tired, but I, I know if, if he can make it, I can make it, you know, that kind of mentality. So, right. you know, you never quit. It's suicide, um, you know, especially with, you know, I mean, it's just something that never really entered my mind. I mean, it's, we have a term in, in, in the NFL or football called suicide watch which means if someone had a bad game or, you know, they're going to be in the shell and uh, moping around depressed all week, but never um, to the sense of, of anything like that, because I just don't, uh, that would never be, right. you know, you could never you, do that. So are you okay now? Are you like, as far as mental and uh, adjusting to society, are you fine now? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I'm all right. You know, uh, it depends on who you ask, but um, you know, I I just I sit back and I watch. You know, I, I I'm a traditional person. I grew up on a farm. Um, you know, grandfathers were in the military. My father played for Penn State. Joe Paterno. My mother was a teacher. She went to Penn State. Educated parents. Educated family. Come from a, a blue collar background, and um, so I always just hold true to you know, my upbringing and, you know, um, and playing for Lou Holtz, it's just, it kind of embodies, it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. And, uh, you're not the first, you're not the last. Yeah. And so every day, you know, you just, uh, you know, you just get it done one way or another. Yeah. I, I read that you grew up on a farm in Delaware. Did growing up on a farm, did that make you tough in life? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I say people, you know, when this pandemic and all this stuff, you know, I said that's how I grew up. I mean, yeah. lights were out at nine o'clock, you know, or there wasn't no, there was no, <laughs> they still can't get pizza delivered there. There's still no cable. Uh, you know, you had to entertain yourself because if you got bored, you got put to work. Uh, so, you know, there was no, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, I, 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 I just, it's, it's funny that things are great when it's convenience, but, People don't realize that convenience is not um, a, a um, it's, it's a gift. It's not a, it's not a uh, yeah. requirement. Absolutely. And you have sons? I have three daughters. Oh, three daughters. Hey, no <laughs> son. <laughs> Real man made boys first. What the? <laughs> I mean, I have a philosophy. I can tell you off the air. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm... I, you know, I, uh, you know, they're all healthy, beautiful girls. Uh, I mean, they're getting older now and, um, it's, uh, you know, I just, I never treated them as, as, as girls or boys, you know, they just were, yeah. they were my, uh, my children and I would do whatever I had to do to protect them and make sure that they understood what life was all about. Yeah, absolutely, man. So are you a Christian? I am. I'm, yeah. um, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a spiritual person. Um, and what that, does that mean, spiritual person? What does that mean? I believe in a higher power. Um, I believe in um, accountability. I, I believe in you know the sun, the moon, everything. It, it all is connected to 
higher power and that higher power can reside within yourself yeah. and that within yourself is is what you look to and you know that's kind of where you get your strength from and when you look at society today and you see that men are not built like that anymore you know you prepare you had to work growing up you were tough <clears throat> what do you think about men today not being raised that way <laughs> well <clears throat> all i can say is you can't really blame them um, for not being raised that way. Yeah. Uh, however, you can uh, hold them to get better. Right. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, you know, I mean, it's just like a baby. A baby, you know, has a diaper for a reason. It doesn't know any better until a certain point. Uh, but it's up to you to teach that baby to how to, That's true. you know, grow up. So, you know, it's, um, I, it's, uh, I, I mean, I, you hear about the things a lot, but, you know, the, the beta, beta, beta <laughs> right. males. <laughs> beta males. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're quite amusing. Um, I just was watching the guy that you had on uh, talking about, he left, the, he left the debate, the rage debate or something like that. He was talking about. It was just recent. I don't know when it was, but he was talking about not having sex and um, why can't he have sex and not be, uh, and you were like, well, why don't you just go a, a year without it? And he said, well, I don't want to. You, oh, know? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, people, they don't know how to, they don't know how to test themselves. And they, yeah. they, they, they really are codependent. They're just, it's a weakness. I and mean, until you go through some real stuff and, figure it out it's you know there's always a i mean it's not worth getting out of bed if you don't have something to challenge you that's right man i noticed too that people run away from challenges not toward the challenge and i wonder how do they expect to get strong in life how do it how do they expect to develop into that person that god meant for us to be if we if they don't go toward the challenge they tend to want it soft they run away from don't hurt my feelings you you hurt my emotions. You you <laughs> made me feel that way. That is yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, look what you made me do. That's yeah, you heard, heard that one before. Yeah, I uh, have. Yeah. A, a lot of it comes from the music that they listen to, and you know the music that's out there in the world is all about. I'm a victim. Poor me. You know, if you really listen to the lyrics of some of these these uh, performers, it's yeah. just trash. Yeah, and. Um, you know, it affects young minds and, you know, they don't know what they're listening to, but it brain, it, it gets embedded in their brains. And then at some point when they need it, it's like subconsciously kicks in. Oh man, see, he's being mean to me, you know, yeah. it's, right. it's a, <laughs> and then, then it's all downhill from there because once misery loves company and, um, uh, a lot of people use that victim mentality to profit as we have all seen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I know men and have counseled with men, at least three right now I know for sure. They're like 60 years old or so, and they're living at home with mama. They're depressed. They hate mama. They they don't want to work. But they're at 60. They're living at home with mama, and it's not worked out for them, but yet they don't have that something that makes you get up and make the change. Go for it. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's one thing to be home with your your mom if she needs you or something like that. Um, but to, I mean, you got to have some some you know what they say, piss and vinegar. You know, you got to get going. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, do you have anger? Uh, I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of. I mean, what football is 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 controlled chaos, controlled rage, controlled emotion. I mean, my my position was to cripple people, <laughs> <laughs> and you needed that anger to do that. Yes, that that was something that you had to condition yourself to be. Uh, that's not normal because if you're if you're that if you if you're that way too young, you're dead or in jail. Yeah, man. So the mental conditioning that goes into you know any professional athlete, not so much you know football is the majority. Rugby is tough, but football. I mean, you, you know these guys. I mean, it's just it's a sellout every play. Good ones. You know, it's uh, you got to play angry, chip on your shoulder, and a lot of that comes from when we talk about victimhood. Uh, you can either, you know, have that slight, and you can use that slight for fuel, or you can use that slight for uh, for a blankie to cry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can play with that chip on your shoulder, and you prove anybody. I mean, I don't forget anybody that said something that I couldn't do. And so I always, you know, we smile, you nod, and then you go out there, and, you know, you prove them wrong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because, you know, somewhere, some way along the way, they're only saying that people only, only, you want to put people down because they're jealous or they've never been there. Or they, they, you know, they'll never get there. So they want to just chirp, you know, the peanut gallery. Yeah, absolutely. So if they condition you like that, to be that way, the guys to be that way. Uh, what is it like off the field when they're in the locker rooms or hanging out in training? Do they fight with one another? Because that anger has to come out some kind of way uh, when you're not on the field. No, I mean, that anger is on the field. I mean, it's there's nothing that goes on outside of that field. Once you step across that field, okay, there's, you know, there, I mean, there's rules, but there's, you know, there's no rules and anything that, has been done off the field within the locker room or something like that will get settled on the field. Oh, because you know, it's a, it's a team mentality. You know? Right. It's, you can fight on the field and practice. They don't like it, but sometimes it's necessary. And <clears throat> off the field though, you know, we use everything. The NFL is, uh, <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't call it. It's, it's clicky, if you will. Okay. I wouldn't, I'm not going to call it segregated. I'm going to call it clicky because the DBs stay with the DBs. Yeah. Receivers stay with the receivers, the D line, the D line, O line, because that's who you're with all the time. Yeah. And they, you know, so, but there's a very, it's quite a, a dichotomy between each position and everybody. It's a, it's one big joke fest, uh, pretty much off the field, you know, in the locker room, a lot of practical games being played. And, you know, comedy and humor is how you get through. Yeah. Of the day because yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a physical day every day and mental. Is the um, um, race issue a big deal when you play football 
Or is it like the military? I've heard about the military that everybody's the same when you're in the Army. Is that like right. that with football too? Everybody, yeah. Everybody's the same. Um, you know, it's a, uh, everyone's from a different place, different back, you know, similar backgrounds, but different places, yeah. different colleges. Um, you know, so more so when you get to the professional level, everyone's from a different, you know, college and an area. And, uh, that's, it's very, I, st- I was, I studied sociology in college. I don't know what I learned, but <laughs> it, it definitely is entertaining to me to see everybody interact and, yeah. and how, you know, we get along and who gets along with who. And there's a lot of tendencies to, uh, who hangs with who and, and things like that. Yeah. You, um, um, I, and I wanted to ask you about college. There's so many things I want to ask you about. You were in college during the nineties. Has it changed a lot since you left? Well, college football, I think, has, yeah. Um, especially with, you know, targeting and anybody gets hit in the head and you uh, get kicked out of the game. And so it's very, um, you know, they're very rules. I don't, you see all these uh, lawsuits in the professional areas, but you don't ever see a lawsuit in college, which is kind of, baffling to me because college is where you get beat up the most. I mean, if you didn't leave practice every day with a concussion, you don't feel like you did anything. Nice. So yeah, that's as, as an <laughs> offensive lineman. So, cause you know, you're a blocking dummy or you play, you, you know, as a, as a freshman going in, you're just a piece of meat Yeah. and they, they beat you up pretty good. So, uh, but college has changed a lot. It's, uh, I mean, the NCAA has quite a set of rules and regulations that they have to, you know, they really enforce about a number of hours on the field and what you can do, this, that. I mean, it wasn't like that when I played. Yeah, and by doing that, they're softening it down, right? They're softening the guys up, and it's not yeah. as it's not very, as challenging. It's not as much fun. No, and it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a fine line. You know, you can have fun, but the only fun that you really have is when you win. Yes, and so yeah. Yeah, you you want to have fun and then do this and then lose the game because again all that you know fun stuff it does take away from your can take away from your focus and the ultimate goal. Yeah, were you ever tempted? And you don't have to answer this, of course, if you want. Were you ever tempted to use drugs and things like that in and while playing football, either in college or off? No, I mean there's so much testing, and uh, especially at Notre Dame. Well, they did uh, a lot of testing. Oh. The NFL and yeah, NFL, they did a lot of testing. So there was never any, you know, you know as far as you know, I can, I can only speak for myself. But as far as that, in those terms of you know performance enhancing or things like that, it was pizza and milk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Should they ever allow a woman to coach? a man's football, t- men's football team, and should they allow women to play on the men's team? I, <clears throat> I would say <sighs> if you want to coach, you have to play. <laughs> and so if she, and referee, I, I mean, I'll be, uh, this is kind of a, a tongue in cheek, but if I was a, player now and I saw an, uh, a ref that I didn't think should be there then 
I'd probably go take that ref out and then suffer, you know, suffer the circumstances after the fact because that's just how I am. You know, I mean, I can't imagine somebody calling a penalty on me. You know, refs, you know, you have to deal with them at the first place. You know, some are better than others. Some have different areas of the game that they know better than others. You know, like there's a guy that stands close to the ball that knows what linemen do. Right. You know, there's the guy that stands on the sideline that, that just looks for people that line up and knows what receivers do. So they see certain things and they'll call a penalty and they just, it's unwarranted. So there, that's where the anger comes in. Right. And uh, so anybody that's, you know, it's, um, it's a spectator sport for those that have never played and, I don't think that anybody that has never played should be able to control a game yeah. or influence a game. Yeah. I uh I went to a football game once and they had a woman in for high school though, and they had a woman coach and it was just ridiculous, man. She's like, <laughs> run over here and get the ball. You know, it, the voice alone made it weak. And oh, yeah. it just wasn't the same. Yeah, and I've never, I've never experienced it firsthand. I mean, I, you know, my mom was a teacher, so I knew how to follow. You know, I knew, you know, what yeah. was going on. You know, there was no <laughs> what what was said was what was done, and um, but you know, it's I, it's I don't know. Maybe it's a woke thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, who knows if, if, if it's going to take somebody to get hurt? It's just like anything. Yeah, it's going to take someone to get hurt or such things to change. It's unfortunate. Well, I don't know if it's unfortunate or not. I started to say it's unfortunate that some people need pain in order to change, but mm-hmm. it take that's for a lot of people. They need pain before they really start to wake up and see what's going on. Yeah, you learn the hard way. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> so why did you go into like sports announcements or that kind of stuff when you was done with playing? Uh, well, it's, it's a very saturated field. Um, they usually take the guys like quarterbacks, Troy Aikman or uh, Tony Romo, Phil Sims, Boomer Esiason, you know, the guys that really, no, they can see the, the guys that see the field have a better understanding uh, of what's going on. They yeah. can predict, like Romo can predict what's coming. Uh, as a, as an offensive tackle, you know, they told me, all right, you got the you got the baddest dude on the field this week. Make sure he doesn't go anywhere. And that's that was my job. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, everyone has a different thing that they watch in the games, and uh, there's a lot in a, in a football game that you don't see on on TV. Within the lines and yeah, know, everything. So I can imagine. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty. You know, the game film is much more telling than the TV copy. Yeah, amazing. One other yeah. thing I wondered about football players, like with all things, when football players see basketball players out somewhere, do the football players think they're better than the basketball players, and do the basketball players think that they like a Michael Jordan when he think that he's better than? The, the best football player. Is that is that kind of challenge there? I mean, I think there's a mutual respect, but uh, within, you know, I'm sure there'll be some type of competition between if, if it comes to that, would be playing cards or 
doing something like that because, yeah, I mean, you go to Michael Jordan, he's considered the greatest pretty much of all time in any sport if because of the success record and right. how he did it. Right. He's respected not just because he won, but because he he's a dog. You know, he works hard. And right. he, he, held, he held people accountable. And that was that's what made him great. Uh, other guys that just want to talk and, and start controversies, things like that. You know, yeah. you don't even talk to them. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even acknowledge them. Like, you know, LeBron James, cause they're not going to, they don't know. They don't know who I am. So what, I don't give, I'm not going to go up and say, Hey, you know, yeah. Something like that. No. Right on. <laughs> so I want to ask you about relationship. You're married. So you tough on the football field, right? When you get home, does your wife push you around? Well, I, I was married. Okay, so now I'm, oh. I'm divorced. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, that's one thing that, uh, and it was very uh, tumultuous divorce and publicized and, and done in, in a manner so that uh, the victim mentality, if yeah. you will, yeah. uh, used Luke's uh, fame in New York City to get to benefit myself, uh, take the kids away, move to, to a different state, I know, all that. So, yeah. uh, so that, yes, yeah, since 2014, I've, you know, started, I've been going through that. Um, and we met in college and, uh, got married, got engaged right out of college, got married and, uh, we're together about 14 years. Full time I played everything like that. So, <clears throat> um, you know, but as a football player, yeah, you take abuse. Because that's what you're used to, and um, you know, I can I can only speak for myself. But there's no there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Uh, both people are accountable for themselves. Yeah. And there's three sides to every story. Yeah. You know, uh, her side, his side, and the truth. But you women know, tend all... to lie and cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just um, and the courts and everybody fall for the lies and the tears. Well, you know, it's um, like you said, misery loves company. Yeah. So, you know, I can't imagine being a judge sitting around listening to people's problems all day uh, that they would not, at some point, start to be skewed just because they've been so indoctrinated with all this pity and all this nonsense. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the, you know, the matrimonial judges. What do they do? I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's all about money. It's all about, it's all about money, man. Yeah. I mean, like Chris Rock said, he's like, he's Chris Rocks, you know, he lives in the area that I'm, that I live in, okay. uh, not where I'm from, but Bergen County, New Jersey. Right. Um, outside of New York city there. And, um, you know, he said, she's got three lawyers. He's got three lawyers. There's the judge, there's the, the, the stenographer, there's the deputy. And he's sitting around saying, all these people are here to take my money. Yeah. And he that said, so and, that, and that, he said, that's when he realized that he made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. you know, with fame comes, attention and uh it's it's a sad it's it's a, it's unfortunate for a lot of guys because you know there's a big theme that all the nfl guys they all go broke because they, they spend their money after they're done this and that but in reality it's uh the people that are connected to them 
or the people that they trusted, you know, throughout their career are the ones that end up, you know, it's like the, the, it's like the lion, the lion, the lion tamer, you know, those guys out in Vegas. Yeah. Sigmund and Freud, yeah. what their name? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually they got eaten. <laughs> so it's the same mentality, you know. It's, yeah. And you can't, once you're in the system, it's, it's tough to get out. The, um, it's, it's very, it's just, it's stereotypical. It's discrimination. I mean, it, you know, people talk about this stuff all the time, but, you know, to say it as a professional athlete, white guy, this, that, People don't want to hear it, but yeah. it's it's true. Exactly. Which was harder for you, playing football, having to retire due to injury early, or, or losing your children? This person trying to take your children. I lose them, yeah. yeah. Of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th- I I did everything. Every every time I put four or five in my back and did it, every weight, every play it was all for them. And uh, you know they're. They're fine. They're doing well. Um, love them, and um, you know everything will be. Everything will come out in the end. Um, right on. It's just a matter. It's just uh, you know, society and influence. Um, you know, it's it, that's the thing when you have kids. The older they get, the more the less influence you have on them. Yeah, absolutely. Because that that, that external influence. Especially today, they go to school and yeah. read about uh, changing their sex in uh, third grade. You know, craziness. It's just like, you know, I mean, when I show up and I want to talk about what's going on in school, and then all of a sudden they want to call the police. You know, I know. This yeah. is, <laughs> so. Well, Matt, you know, the ones, there are many evil things in the world today, but one of the ones that at the top of the list is that when these women are trying to take the man's children away from him and the courts and others go along with it, it's as though they don't think that the father has feeling for his children. They don't even consider that the pain that the father goes through when he loses his children. There's no consideration for that at all. And women who take the children from the father are totally wicked because if they have real love, they would know that the fight between the father and the mother has nothing to do with the children, and so the kids should be free to to be with both parents at whenever they want to. But these women will take the children, and the course, and nobody considered the pain of the father for their children. No, and you know, and my my belief is that it's a um, <clears throat> it's a lag effect from uh, you know the woman that takes the children from. Their father is a result of that woman's father. Yes. Uh, daddy issues, yeah. things like that, anger. You talk about anger, you know, that's that's anger in a different form. Like yeah. that's, you know, men get mad and they'll break something or whatever. Uh, women, they just, they get, you know, not all women, but, you know, they have a different mentality. Their anger body. is wicked. Yeah, it's just, and it's never ending. It's, right, and never ending. They live off it, man. Luke, they live off and They'll wake up in the morning and cuss you out and make breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner and go to bed and sleep like a baby. Yeah. So they they well, get yeah. life from that. Yeah, and it's uh, a borderline personality disorder. You know, there's a lot of things that, that uh, that's, you know, are the underlying causes of, of a lot of dysfunction. 
And yeah. that's, you know, when you come from um, a, a well-oiled machine, like a professional football organization and the New York Giants and Notre Dame, you know, there's a very structured system and, you know, you're accountable, but that doesn't translate into the, the home. Yeah, that's right. And they're not used to that. I mean, if you marry a mil- if you're in the military and you marry a, a woman that's in the military, you're going to have less differences than someone else that has no clue of what you do. Yeah. Would you ever marry again? Oh, well, I never say never. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you know, what I, what I say is I'm, uh, you know, I, in a sense, I'm married to my three daughters, you know, because of my commitment to them. And so if the time comes when I feel that I'm able to give what I, what I need to give yeah. uh, to another marriage, then, then I'll, I'll look at that. But yeah. right now, you know, it's a matter of making sure that my kids are good. good. Man. How old are they now? Uh, 21, 18, and 11. Oh, we got a while. Well, almost 21. Yeah, January 19th, my oldest to be 21. Right on. So, yeah, so. Um, you know, one's out in out in St. Mary's College in uh, next to Notre Dame in Indiana. Nice. And one's a senior in high school in Chicago, and then the little one is uh, in Chicago now as well. They just they moved they were moved out there about a year and a half ago or so. Chicago is a scary place to live now. What a mess, man! <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, I'm like, uh, you, you want to move the kids? Why don't you move them to Florida? Uh, that's right. Uh, what moved, about you, you moved to Chicago? He moved him right into hell. <laughs> She's giving them hell, and now they're going to catch more hell. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's when you can't protect your children, it's a weird feeling. Curious. It you really know, is. Yeah. I felt the same way about my son when his, his mother kept him yeah. and did all that mess. I felt the same way, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, <clears throat> parenting is expensive. The yeah. things are things, everything costs money. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's uh, just a matter of figuring it out, but it takes two to tango. You know, you can't just do everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, you know, I watched a number of your shows, but that control is what they want. Yes. Absolutely, man. <laughs> What a mess. I got to uh, ask you, I don't believe racism exists. I don't think there's no such thing as racism, sexism, homophobism, uh, Islamophobism, Allah-u-Abba-ism, white supremacism, anti-Semitism, and Debbie-Dadism. It's a spiritual battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. Either you're on the side of good, you're on the side of evil. And it, and it has nothing to do with male or female. Am I wrong? No. Nice. I don't think so. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think the dumbest thing I've ever seen is the end racism. I know. In the end zone at the, in the, I'm like, there's no racism. It, everyone's the same. Everyone, we're all boys. We're all yes. like, we go to, we go to war for each other. We do it on the field, off the field yeah. and their families too. It's the people, it's the ignorant people that are the ones yeah. that want to have, like I say, they want to profit from, a, a control standpoint, you know, yeah. they want to indoctrinate people and the anti-Semitism about 
you know, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I could get, you know, this con Kanye West and what he said, and you know, he's just sick of getting pushed around by people yes. and people, you know, and he's, he's, he's bitter about what happened with his marriage. Right. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. They keep him here with, according to him, they won't let him see his children and all kind of stuff. That's right. enough to drive you crazy. If you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. No. And he's never been in this position. That's yeah. the thing. You know, it takes a while to let go of control, especially when you're at his level of, yes. uh, you know, mentality. Plus, he comes from that type of family where he was taken from his father. Right. Uh, he grew up in Delaware for a little while in uh, Dover Air Force Base, which is not far from where I grew up. Uh, so just, you know, he's, people say he's crazy, this and that, but it's, you know, everything is, uh, it's all a machine. It's all propaganda. It's, yeah. um, you know, for Ky uh, Kyrie Irving, another one. You don't want him to get the shot. Uh, okay. Then he can't play. I mean, you know, can't. It's just this this whole nonsense about it's not even a vaccine. Vaccine. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. It is, man. What um that a guy calling calling Kaepernick? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of him when you first saw him kneeling to the flag rather than standing up and showing his? gratitude and appreciation. What, do you remember your first impression of that? What you thought about that? I mean, I never thought much of him anyway, <laughs> to be honest with you. Right on. I, when, I watch, when I watch a game, same with Aaron Hernandez. When I first time I saw him playing football at the University of Florida, I, in my mind, I just said something said to me that's not a good dude, uh, just from his body language. Yeah. And with Kaepernick, I... You know, I read about him a little bit. And I saw him play. And then, you know, it's just uh, people that don't act like they've been there before. They won't be there long. Yeah. And that's, you know, and so <laughs> his whole wearing his socks that the, the, uh, you know, the, I think I lost it. No. Um, okay. L wearing the socks with the pigs on them, the, the cops. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just uh, it's disgraceful because it is, man. Uh, you know, I saw nine eleven with my own two eyes. You know, after we came in from playing Denver Monday Night Football, and wow. um, you know, New York City. You know, the police presence back when I played. Uh, you know, for it to change and go completely the other way, uh, just nonsense. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, kneeling on. I mean, I, uh, it's a good thing I didn't play when when all that was going on, because I don't know what I would yeah. I know what you mean. Um, one other thing I want to ask you about that is, why don't white men, I understand women have fear, so I understand that, but why don't white men speak up? No, I'm not a racist. I'm not your issue. You have your own problem. I had nothing to do with it. Why don't white men speak up about those things? They're in their own country. This is, if it wasn't for white men, there would be no America. It, it would be, you know, that would be it. And they let these people come in, whether they were born here or not. And they mm -hmm. they make the white man look like he's their problem. And white people won't speak up about it. Why not? I think they, uh, they'd speak up, but I don't think it would be. I mean, you look at Trump. He spoke up. Yeah. And, and, and now he's uh, the villain. But 
Um, but that's that battle between good and evil. Evil try to stop yeah, good. Of course, and they don't. It's a lot easier to be bad than it is to be good. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just easier not to do something or to do something the wrong way yeah. than do it the right way. And within each each race and each culture, I mean, you talk about racism within each individual, within the Spanish, within the black. Within white, they all discriminate against each other because yeah. they don't want to see the other one do better. Yeah, they want to see that's so true, you know, man. Yeah, so and then but they put it on somebody else. They project it. Everyone projects their stuff, their 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 issues, their problems onto somebody else that they think you know they can get a little you know maybe a leeway with or something. You know, just like blame it on somebody else. Yeah. Because they're lying or they're they're their fault, and they want to blame somebody else. So, yeah, I, I believe that this all these illegal immigrants coming across here. I mean, wherever they're coming from, you know, they're not doing it the right way. Yeah. Starting off on the wrong foot, and so they're not going to get the respect. It's not about people. It's not about race, That's uh, right. color, man. It's about respect. Yeah, English. They want to learn English. People want to learn English. Well. In my opinion, English is a way of life. It's a yes. it's manners. It's not just what you say. It's how you act yep. because it's coming from England. Right. And it's very formal. You know, it's uh, there's a way to be, you know, you've got to have some brains, have some manners, act like you've been there before. And, you know, just, you know, people just need to say less, if you will. I'm surprised at the number of, I'm surprised, but yet not surprised, at the number of illegal aliens they're allowed into our country today. Just from everywhere, man. And and, yeah. and now the drug cartels are fighting, literally trying to kill, according to the report, the Border Patrol on our side to come into our country. Yeah, well, I think just yesterday, some, uh, the Border Patrol in, uh, in Puerto Rico, they had a shootout, one got killed. That's the uh, Aaron Aaron C because that's where all the drugs come in. From yeah, the Dominican and the Puerto Rico, and all these drugs that are flowing in here, they're all. You look at the the numbers of people that come through; they're all mostly middle aged, healthy males. Yes, um, yeah. you know, within this, in, you know, I have friends um, that have family in Cuba. And there's no young people left in Cuba. They've all come here. Wow. For the most for the most part. Um, but these cartels, man, they know what they're doing. They're pushing this fentanyl in. Um, the, the fentanyl that you hear about in the media isn't even. There's one that's a that's hundred times stronger than that one. That's used for elephants to tranquilize the elephants. Wow. And so that's yeah, that's that's another problem because they're making that. You know, they get the stuff from China, ship to Mexico mix it up and send it over. And they've been doing it for a long time, but uh, now it's really just beyond. What a mess. Yeah. And it's, it's, they think they're buying votes is what they think they're doing. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. You're right. Once again, it's about the money and perceived Mm -hmm. power. It's about the vote. They don't, they don't love the illegal aliens at all. They're just using them for personal gain. No, I mean, they, they don't even go to the border. Right, right. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden goes to Rehoboth's ice cream, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, another one that's 20 minutes from my house. 
but he goes to the there and, and falls off his bike and eats ice cream. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I don't know what's going on. It's uh, amazing. So it's, what, a, it's a fallen state. It's definitely a fallen state. That's for sure, man. Um, I'm hoping that the great white hope win this time. And you? I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, you know, there's a lot of the people now that are saying, well, he shouldn't run because, uh, you know, it'll cause a disruption within the, to the party, the Republicans, but the scientists, he should just stay put. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he just, he wants to, if, if Trump wants to go again, get one more shot. Yeah. At least, you know, it'll keep people on their toes because that's what he does. Yeah, the fact that the righto establishment, the Republican, wants Santos over Trump, it tells me that they believe they can control Santos. That's right. why they want him, and they know they can't control the great white hope. No, no, <laughs> you know no. who the great white hope, huh? You met uh, him before, right? They yes, I have. It's Donald Trump, an intellectual. Trust me, <laughs> I'm like a smart person. <laughs> they hate smart people. Oh yeah, well, especially white got, males. Yeah, no, it's males and males these days. It's a uh, remarked as anybody that's got uh, half a brain and, and doesn't want to be controlled or pushed around. And yeah, it's, it's a problem. But yeah, yeah. I, I met uh, I met Donald Trump a couple times at his golf course there in New Jersey for golf, golf tournaments, and so he's uh, he's got pictures of himself everywhere, which is. <laughs> he just does it to, you know, he, yeah. he just does it to get people all stirred up. Amazing. You were diagnosed with CTE. What is that? Uh, CTE, you know, officially, I, I don't know if I was ever officially diagnosed, but it's cephal, um, cephalitis, something. It's CTE. It's, <laughs> you, you don't know, even know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's when you get little... Um, from, it's from repetitive hits in the head, and you get gray matter on your brain, which is basically like a dead spot. Oh. You know, so uh, a lot of guys get it, and um, it, causes, uh, it causes behavioral problems. It can cause, uh, it's basically like a early set on, early set Alzheimer's. causes oh, a decline, see. yeah, cognitive decline or behavioral changes, things like that. Are you concerned you may get that? Alzheimer's? My grandfather died of Alzheimer's. Um, he was a brilliant man, an aeronautical engineer. Um, so I'm not too, uh, I'm not concerned. I can't worry about it. You know? Right on. Uh, yeah. You know, I do things to prevent it, and uh, I'm certainly aware of it, just like I'm aware of uh, heart health and things like that, because uh, brain and heart and your kidneys and your liver are the first, those are the, your pancreas. That's what guys die from. Yeah. I, uh, my father aspired from that too, Alzheimer's, but I never think about getting it. It doesn't even occur to me at all that for some reason I'm going to get it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> you could get hit by a bus, you know, walk across the street too. <laughs> right. you, know? You, you never know. So, Lou, I got to heat up this interview and throw you on the hot seat. Okay. The hot seat. Do you love white people? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't love white people? <laughs> no. Elon Musk buying Twitter. 
Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Great thing. Uh, does a chicken have lips? No. Uh, <laughs> did you know that July is White History Month? No. Yeah, we founded White History five years ago, so we've been celebrating it every July. And, <clears throat> and you do, do you know why I chose July? No. July just feels white. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Which is worse, abortion or slavery? Abortion. What? Abortion. Oh, I'm sorry? Abortion. Abortion. Are UFOs real? A po- what, 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 what? Are UFOs real? Uh, yes. Is Colin Kaepernick a beta? A real beta. <laughs> Did He's you get King Beta? <laughs> Did you take the jab? No, hell no. Is America the best country on this side of heaven? Absolutely. What is a man? A man is someone that takes accountability and protects others. Do we need more white babies? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, babies. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Our babies are good. No. Did you have fun? I've always, of course, man. This is a bit. The, this is the highlight of my. Post career. Wow. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. That was fun. I totally enjoyed it. And yes, uh, it's really nice getting to know you. Absolutely. You too. I appreciate it, Reverend, and anything I can do in the future and get involved with your uh, your your charities and things like that. I'll, I'll stay in touch with you guys. Absolutely. Love to be back on too. Yeah. Thank you. Tell the folks how to get whatever you're doing. Uh, your books or whatever you have going on. Well, I'm, you know, that's why I came on. You know, I want to talk with you about writing a book, and you know, we'll get it done together here, so that way we can really get people's attention. Right on. <laughs> well, thank you, Lou. I really, really appreciate it, man. And thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to like, follow, uh, tweet, ring the bell, check out our merch. Our uh, uh, merch, amazing merch, and don't forget that. The Father State is on Locals.com. So uh, click the tab in the link, right, to support our work. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. Take care.